0: You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hey guys and welcome to episode 52 of The Hungry Soul podcast. I am Rachel Foy, your host, and it's lovely to have you here. So before we get stuck into our gorgeous guest for today, which is going to be a fabulous conversation, by the way, I just wanted to share with you a few little bits and pieces that I've been observing within myself. And I want to kind of, I suppose, share them with you to give yourself permission to get more comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. So as I'm recording this right now, we are a about a week and a half into February, and things are speeding up quite quickly with the work that I'm doing, um, with my community, with the things that I've got kind of in the pipeline with projects. And I realized a couple of days ago that growth is really uncomfortable because it means that things are changing. And even though often we want the change, and sometimes we are craving the change, and we are hungry for change, When actually the change starts to happen and it becomes our reality, our default reaction can be to put the brakes on and to start resisting it and to start procrastinating and putting things off. And I caught myself doing this a few days ago. So I wanted to just share with you that sometimes change is uncomfortable and the more that I'm learning to embrace the discomfort within that, the easier that things are becoming. Now that's not to say that there are days and sometimes several days in a row where I'm like resisting it, properly resisting it, but at the same time I also know that sometimes we just have to surrender and become more, I want to say the word fluid, like actually learn to become more fluid with change and rather than try and stop it and procrastinate around it and resist it and all those kind of things that are so familiar that you know that's just something that we tend to do what if we could just learn to become fluid and surrender and take a deep breath and just allow for things to unfold as they are supposed to so as I said as I'm recording this right now there's a lot of change going on for me and it's all change that I've intended and I'm creating I'm co-creating it without the universe and it means that my team's getting bigger It means that my book's almost about to be coming out which is really scary if not a little bit overwhelming. I've got live workshops being planned one of which is already happening in a few weeks in the UK and these are all things that I've been wanting for such a long time and even though that they're happening now there is that part of me that's freaking out about the change because it's uncomfortable. You know I'm stretching myself beyond my comfort zones. So I wanted to share that with you because I think sometimes we can have the perception that other people have got their shit together and it's not true. So a bit of yeah, honest vulnerability there just to let you know that no matter how long you have been aware of stuff, no matter what your toolkit is, no matter what you know, gifts and skills you've collected along the way, there will still be moments when your natural response to something is to dig your heels in and to want to stop, and to want to kind of put the brakes on. And sometimes we need to just acknowledge that that's what we're doing in order to move on through. So today's guest here on The Hungry Soul is Dr. Stefania Shiamano, and we had a really lovely conversation not too long ago all about, well, all about the stuff that she's doing in the world out there in this uh, big wide world of ours. So Stefania is a incredibly gifted, wonderful, wonderful um, soul sister, and I refer to her as my soul sister because we have so much in common. She helps leaders to have the energy and resilience to stop cutting their stress and to create a life that they love. Now, she combines medical knowledge with emotional healing, with spiritual truth, and a lot of laughter to help her clients create lives of purpose, fun, and highest potential. So she believes that if you are tapped into your rebel soul, then life becomes easier and healthier and way more fun than what it is right now. So I had Stefania on the show a little while ago. We had a gorgeous conversation, which I'm really delighted to be able to share with you right now. And yeah, we just had a really honest conversation about soul work and what it means to be a rebel soul and how we can start really to start embracing who we truly are. So I'm going to hand you over now. This is Stefania here on the Hungry Soul podcast with myself, Rachel. Right then, so here's a lovely guest on today's episode. It's Stefania. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really great today. You're very welcome. I'm really excited to, um, to have our conversation because I know that um, myself and Stefania, we do kind of similar stuff, but in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And I invited you on the show to sort of share your wisdom with, with the work that you're doing out there. But before we do, for anybody watching or listening that maybe hasn't yet discovered you on the World Wide Web, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction as to who you are and what you're doing out there?
1: Yeah, so um, Stefania Shiamano, i um, originally a naturopathic doctor and I did that for about 10 years and I transitioned recently into more of what I thought women were really needing um, and that is energy management because we all say that we want more energy for different things and also a lot of spiritual healing uh, because so many of the physical problems that I used to treat seem to have a more spiritual and emotional root to them.
0: Mm, interesting. So I think we're going to talk about this because this, this is something that fascinates me. It's the whole mind-body connection, like everything's, everything's kind of all connected. Um, so before we do, and I ask, I ask all of the guests on the Hungry um, Soul podcast the same question, and I want okay. to ask you the same. Um, what does it mean for you, first of all,
1: to be a soul-fed woman? I love this question, actually. To be a soul-fed woman to me means that um, you're not so looking outside of yourself for external validation, for other people to feed you emotionally, um, including you know, foods that we know don't work for us. You know, we, we become so hungry for validation and attention and for our emotional needs to be met that a lot of imbalances are created that way, whether it's a mental and emotional illness or a spiritual imbalance. So when we learn to get that from within or from our connection to divine source, our life changes completely. We have that nourishment. We are soul fed. And then it's like, wow, life feels a whole lot easier now.
0: Yeah, kind of that sort of, um, well, you said the word easy, but it's that feeling of kind of not having to push as much has always Mm -hmm. been my experience. It kind of, it flows a little bit more, you know, it's not as pushing something up a big mountain.
1: Totally. I I find that women, it's almost like a oxymoron in a way, or rather a paradox, because what we say is it's going to be so hard to change. I don't know if I can do it, but the change makes life easier. So it's amazing how worth it, it really is.
0: No, exactly. So I want to go back then to what you said in your introduction, Stefania. So it's interesting that you said you, you kind of slightly changed what you were doing because you realized that actually what women were needing was perhaps not what you were providing at first, but now you are. So what have you really discovered? So in your kind of expertise, what mm-hmm. do women need? Like What are the things that are coming out for you and your clients right now?
1: I'm finding one of the biggest um, problems that women seem to have is that they don't allow themselves to feel their feelings. Um, emotions can be very overwhelming or a lot of emotions are stemmed in past trauma. So the feelings become inconvenient, they kind of, you know, feel like they're in your way of getting things done or um, being nice to be around and different things like that. So. Uh, We push them aside. We squish them down. We put Ben and Jerry's on top. We do all kinds of things where um, we try not to feel our feelings. We're trying to come out of them and away from them. Mm -hmm. And this is particularly true for women who say that they can't seem to hear their intuition. Mm -hmm. I think everyone has intuitive abilities. It's just whether or not you've cultivated it. So when someone says, I can't make a decision, I can't hear my inner wisdom, I don't know if I should pick yes or no. It's always, always, always a clue that this woman will not let herself feel her feelings.
0: Yeah,
1: I yeah. love that. that and is, is that something from
0: a personal point of view that you've struggled with yourself in the past? Cause I know that I used to be very good at sort of turning my back on the whole feeling the feels thing. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go and eat some chocolate.
1: <laughs> well, I think sometimes we just go through these uh, times in our life where if we do feel our feelings, we're kind of crying on the bathroom floor. <laughs> you know, It's like we go through some pretty rough times. I mean, that's life. But I think until you let yourself admit how it feels, things really feel, um, you almost don't get over the hump, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I had some, some pretty icky sticky stuff to deal with. But I've gotten to the point where I can more easily admit how something feels and not go to pieces over it and not have to drag anyone through the mud over it. It's like a much quicker recovery and a okay, we're moving on now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of getting to that place of
0: sort of being comfortable with that discomfort, isn't it? And actually not not maybe attaching an extra layer of stuff to it of judgment and maybe guilt or shame or embarrassment. Um And I know that again, personally, that's something that I used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't possibly feel anger towards that person. I'm such a bad person to feel that way. Um, is that something that you kind of see within <laughs> your ladies your as well?
1: That seems to be one of the major blocks. You're really hit yeah. it on the head because it's I feel so bad for how I feel. I shouldn't feel this way. Therefore, I'm gonna act like I don't. And now she's like this jumbled mess of how I feel is wrong. That means that my emotions are wrong, which means I'm bad. And then yes. you know it all becomes this horrible snowball. Yeah. Um, I had a client yesterday who she's a newlywed and her in-laws moved in with her and they've been married for I think a month and a half Wow! And um, she couldn't take it anymore. And she just wanted to have her space and be with her husband. And she asked um, the in-laws through her husband if they could move out. And she is beating herself up mercilessly. We had this conversation just yesterday. And I was like, but you're a newlywed. It's okay to want your space with your husband. Oh my But she, yeah. she felt so... She felt so bad that those parents now live somewhere that they don't want to be. Mm. So, you know, it's like in our saying that our feelings are wrong, we're taking accountability for other people's actions and feelings. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm.
0: in the work that you do, and I know you said that you kind of, you know, you've got so many, um, how can I put this, tools in your toolkit, which I love. It's like that multi dimensional, holistic approach to kind of wellness and health what what are some of the things that you do or recommend or suggest or even to people watching or listening now who maybe have got feelings that they don't want to own or they're too embarrassed to own or they just don't want to go there like what what can somebody even start to do in that situation
1: well, I think depending on the severity of it, um, I, I, I would like to caution people against too much DIY, too much do it yourself, because I love to be self sufficient. And I'm sure most of us do. Like, I'll just read this book or take this class. Um, and that can be very helpful in a way to get going. Yet, um, most of us actually need an expert to guide us through. Let let us know that we're doing okay, and to do the healing aspect rather than just information gathering. Mm.
0: Oh, I love I love that differentiation actually, because sometimes we can be very wise and knowledgeable, and we see things and we recognize things but then we don't really know how to heal from it or how to get over that next bit. So yeah, I think that's a a really valid point there about needing the extra layer of support from a healing point of view.
1: I also find um, there's a term that is helpful that people don't always understand what it means, and that is to get back in your body. So just like we don't um, often want to feel our feelings, sometimes we're trying to come out of our bodies too with food or other substances um, with mind numbing things like, you know, too many Netflix binges. You know, yes. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can binge with the best of them on a rainy Sunday, but you can't do it every day. Yeah. Um, so getting back in your body, people often say, I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to do that. Um, and, and a really great way to start doing that is to just start feeling where your skin is like to tune in mm-hmm. to the skin on your face and then the skin on your scalp. And then you tune in for a moment to your shirt on your body. And then you kind of go all the way down. Yeah. To maybe you have socks on and you can feel that. And that's a good way to just start. Like I'm in this body on this earth plane at this time. I'm mm-hmm. here now.
0: I think that um kind of being in the body, like being grounded, connected, embodied, whatever word, you know kind of springs to mind i know quite often that when i've spoken to people and also from my experience when we're not actually in our bodies all of this stuff that we're talking about right now it's really challenging isn't it like it's really hard to feel something when you're just not actually in yourself the same with intuition and the same with having that ability to to really sort of tune into yourself you're kind of you're on a totally different page and i think sometimes That whole concept of being in our bodies, I think some people do perceive it as being quite airy-fairy, woo-woo, love and light. It's not that important, but my gosh, it's like the most important thing to be doing, isn't it really?
1: Well, part of the problem is when you're not in your body is when you do stuff that you later regret. Like you say something without thinking or you eat a food, you've downed a whole chocolate bar and you're like, oh, what? I didn't even realize I was doing that. Because you're not here. So we've all heard the term be present, which is a little less airy-fairy than be in your body. But the more that you can come back to center and be here now with like eyes wide open, Mm -hmm. the more that you don't later do something that creates even more shame and guilt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: From from your experience, Stefani, why do you think, I know I'm generalizing now, but why do you think that women can have such a hard time of actually listening to themselves like acknowledging their emotions or like spiritual hungers or desires you know whatever it might be why do we tend to question and doubt and sometimes even ignore like what's your experience with that
1: this is a really tough one for me to admit i think um because it's touchy for a lot Mm. of women and this is we learned it from our moms And they learned it from their moms and they learned it from their moms and part of what we learn from our lineage of women is that sacrifice is put on a pedestal and struggle is something that we honor if you ever hear like a story it's like they struggled so hard they're amazing (laughs) it's like well yes they're very strong but now struggles up here and do you ever hear someone say that about, they lived an easy life where they were abundant and rich and felt amazing? <laughs> no one ever says that. They'll be like, no. oh, I kind of hate that bitch. You know? Yeah, you're so, you're so right, right? Storytelling point <laughs> to you. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, I had a soul immersion day with a client uh, just this past month, and she realized through all of her storytelling, through her mother, her grandmother, her husband's mother, every woman that she ever honored had it really really bad yeah and so it was this um um how she was holding struggle like near and dear to her heart and she (laughs) didn't even realize she was doing it until she started to hear her own stories on the recordings from her sessions yes and she went like why is this why am i making that out to be something great it's like well what what would it be like if you made an easy life something great i'm just like completely foreign i don't know how Mm -hmm. to do that I would feel bad because I wouldn't think anyone would want to be around me if my life was better than theirs. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God. That's what we're actually doing.
0: It is. It's all those stories, isn't it? And as you said, often we don't even know that we are in a story because we've mm-hmm. never actually questioned it until somebody else goes, hang on a second, that story that you're telling yourself is, do you believe that? And that's, that's, that's part of this journey, isn't it? Like when we can start to really look these stories in in the eye and actually acknowledge that most of them aren't true, that's when we can Mm -hmm. really start to become the women, soul-fed women, connected women, embodied women that most of us are craving on some level, but we don't perhaps know it.
1: Well, what's interesting about this whole pattern that we've created in our world is it's in our lineage. It's in our cellular memory. I really firmly believe it's embedded in our DNA through basically like tribal memory, you know, the memories that we have through our families, it's not just stories, it's at the cellular level, which is part of why it's so hard to just say, well, I'm just not gonna be like that. Well, you can do that. I wouldn't take that possibility away from anyone, yet it's not always that simple because we're just wired that way. Yeah. So sometimes that has to be unraveled and healed and it's not always through telling the stories over and over that actually reinforces the problem sometimes because it's like reading the same book over and over when you don't want to think about that anymore. It doesn't yeah. really work. Yeah. So uh, shamanic healing and other kinds of healing that are on a deeper level can actually pull this out and heal your ancestral lineage. It's pretty fascinating stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, on that note, I'd like you to explain a bit more because I totally believe this. You know, it's something that I Um, I also sort of believe in about our ancestral stuff and our, you know, our DNA pattern and, you know, all the fascinating stuff to do with our epigenetics and how we're all connected to our entire lineage behind us. So do you want to sort of share a little bit about what what you know about this? Because it might not be a topic that's that familiar with some of our, our listeners right now.
1: Well, you know what really sparked my attention to this, even before I started any training as a shamanic healer, is that we inherit our mitochondria from our moms. And for those who um, may or may not remember science class in high school, I imagine it's about the same in all countries, you still learn about the parts (laughs) of the cell. so the mitochondria is the powerhouse or the energy making part of the cell. So when we're talking about making energy, we actually inherit our DNA for how that's done in our bodies from our mothers. Okay. And I remember when I first heard that, I thought, wow, you know, it, it's, it's pretty amazing that that part of our cells goes only through the mother line. And I thought, what else goes through the mother line? So I started to look at thoughts. I started to look at emotions and physical traits. And all the things we do because our mother told us to, which may or may not have been good advice. And then I found that we always seem to have this sense of loyalty, the sense of loyalty toward our parents in which we do things like them to please them, even when they're long gone. Whether you live with them or not, you still have this, I'm doing this for my family. It's very, very subconscious. Mm. And some of that is even in the DNA. Some, um if you think about how uh, meals are cooked, um, places that we're drawn to, um, have you ever walked into a place and like could feel your grandparents around? You know, there's, there's a lot of like tribal and primal memory that is within ourselves that we don't even know how it got there. And sometimes that holds us back on an energetic level sometimes that creates how we think about the world, how we view the world, who we expect to like, who we expect to hate us, um, how we think people are gonna react to us, how we automatically react to them, and we've never even met them before. It's this primal, tribal, cellular memory that we have. So people beat themselves up all the time with, I don't know why I can't fix this about myself, or, I wish I could stop doing this and that makes me so stupid because I can't. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if it's not particularly obvious about why someone would be having a habit that doesn't work for them and they can't seem to stop, it's worth looking deeper. What's that cellular, that DNA thing that could be going on with that person? Yeah. I hope that that made sense. I kind no, of told def- a longer story. No, definitely. And that,
0: but kind of keeping this really simplistic, that would explain why, as you said, for for women, and we're obviously talking predominantly to to, to a female audience now, or people that associate, you know, with kind of feminine, um, why we do tend to put ourselves last, why we don't prioritize our needs, why we kind of sacrifice ourselves in favor of other people. And as you said, mm-hmm. if you actually look back, even even for me, like my mum's my generation and certainly my grandmother's generation, that was the norm, wasn't it? It's like cleaning the house and cooking the dinners and looking after husbands and being the, the mum at home, perhaps even whilst working. And that mm-hmm. kind of lineage, we can't ignore it because it's real. So if that's how our parents and grandparents felt about being a woman, it has to impact kind of me
1: and, and my generation. So I find that fascinating. I think so. Yeah. We think about some of us as career women, we're the first women in our generation, or at least that part of our lineage to even have a job or drive a car. Um, My grandmother neither didn't do either one. Um, She was a first generation American, but still she, um, she didn't do anything but family. Yes. And my mom was just about there too. She was mainly her family, the house, the family, the husband, so for me to even, you know, go to college and have a job. It's like, you don't have to think that to be a successful, loving woman that you can't also have a career. There's a part of my lineage that had told me differently. So you have to sometimes break out of a mold. You know, I love that analogy about about cracking open a geode. Who are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to feel like? What would the divine have you feel like if you were that tuned in and could choose how you feel every day, would it only be doing for others and never having for yourself? I don't think that's the divine's intention at all.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I completely agree with you. In fact, it's quite bizarre. You said about the geode and I love that analogy as well, kind of cracking the layer, but something Mm -hmm. that I've, and I don't know where it came from and I've started saying this more and more recently that it's not about us kind of finding ourselves again, you know, often we say that we've lost ourselves cause we're too busy and we don't know who we are. Yeah. It's actually not that it's us forgetting who we've been and actually starting mm-hmm. to be someone new because it's not about us reconnecting back to that stuff. In many ways we don't want to, we actually want to step into that place of well, this is who I'm choosing to be now. And that feels more
1: expansive and empowering for me. I think if we want changes to stick, we have to find a new way of being. And that's another problem I see women run into all the time. I don't want to really change who I am, um, but I want to feel differently. Yeah. And this don't really go together. And I think a lot of time when you don't want to change who you are, you're afraid of estranging your loved ones, you know, that your marriage would change, your friendships would change. Um, Sometimes that's a good thing.
0: No, exactly sometimes, <laughs> sometimes these things fall away don't they on um, put on like for a reason because they're supposed to I guess um mm-hmm. I have a question for you though as we're talking I'm I'm kind of intrigued because you've obviously been on this journey now for yourself and now you're obviously helping other people the journey mm-hmm. of which I'm assuming will never finish for you because it's just part of <laughs> part of life but yeah I am intrigued to know like what have you learned about the importance of actually listening to yourself. You now actually giving yourself that permission of listening to the inner wisdom, kind of leaning into it and trusting those little nudges that you're getting. What? Why has that become so important to you?
1: Well, I think partly because your intuition and the voice of sort of the divine usually whispers. Um, we want a lightning bolt and like the gods come down from the heavens and give me a sign, you know? <laughs> Charlton Heston or something, like it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) It's usually that voice that goes, are you sure you want to do that? (laughs) Like, shush, you know, Um, and the more that you listen to that little voice that goes, you you know, and sometimes mine even goes, you told me to remind you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, yeah, but Um, it's the ignoring of that, that compounds the shame and the guilt that you later need to undo. Yeah. So, You know, as a mom, when you're doing the dishes and someone brings you more dishes or like you just swept the floor and someone just spread cracker crumbs, you feel like they just undid your work and you're like, oh, "Oh, it's more annoying than if the mess hadn't been cleaned up. Yes. It's like that. If I'm doing all this work because I want to feel good and bright and fully energized and I'm like on top of my game and productive and fun to be around. And then I do something that I know I'm trying not to do. It's like it undoes my work. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, and then it's almost like more shame than you had before because you had felt so good. And that contrast just drives you crazy.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I know something that I've been um, kind of playing around with, it's still in its infancy, it's like literally the last week, but that connection between um, our intuition and also integrity, like for me, they kind of overlap. Like if I'm, and as you're saying it, I'm thinking as an example, it's like if if I have an intuition, um, like this inner wisdom about something, but I ignore it, and I deliberately kind of, oh, I'm not going to listen to that right now. Mm-hmm. That's out of integrity. So kind of the integrity and intuition bit for me are really starting to become like one. And I'm yes. still not fully there yet as to what that means and what that looks like. But I totally agree with, with what you just said there. It's like if you don't act on it and you do something against your intuition, you're going to feel rubbish for it. So, yeah,
1: I think we call ourselves liars at that point too. liars or losers or, you know, we call ourselves all kinds of names because it's like, I said I wasn't going to do that. And I did it. That must mean I'm a liar and I don't like liars. Yes. You know, we kind of do that in our heads, whether we know it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, And no one wants to be back to square one. That's a pretty icky feeling. It's it's really from sort of what you're saying. It's about it's about really
0: focusing on trying to maintain that that feeling of how do we feel good isn't it like how do we just how do we try and feel good as much as we can with the best mm-hmm. with our best ability with what we've got available with the knowledge that we have if we can kind of maintain that feeling good you're kind of in a bit of a, an even keel I'm, I'm assuming am I am I right in sort of summarizing that
1: you are, but it's so funny when I first mentioned that to clients, they usually think that that's just too much pressure <laughs> <You know? laughs> like it's, to feel good. That's so hard. So I like to encourage women to maintain like a curiosity about it. Yeah, um, curious, would that make me feel better or worse? I just want to check that out and kind of decide for myself. Or if you do something that makes you feel bad later, it can be like a, I see now. Yeah. Just from this place of uh, like a detached curiosity so that you just don't take out all these weapons against yourself. It's more of a okay, I'm really, really, really sure now that I shouldn't do that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's confirmed that will not work for me. (laughs) I like that. This image this
0: image of myself from years ago, sort of eating my sort of tenth chip chocolate bar or something and going yeah no definitely don't need the chocolate it's not fixing the problem
1: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and Um, like to lighten it you know the whole point is to lighten it you're here to feel good so like even the investigation even the confirmation just like lighten it up now you know for sure like
0: (laughs) yeah and i and i think that sort of on a bit of a serious note that light-hearted approach to this is actually really important though isn't it because you know sometimes we obviously you with your clients as, as me mm-hmm. with mine and actually people listening sometimes there are some quite heavy things in this conversation you know like marriages that aren't working or someone's lost a job or there's health problems maybe and and sometimes it's not about us approaching this with the you know the heaviness and the that kind of rigidity of, right, I'm trying to fix it now and I'm trying to solve it. It's how can we actually make this almost fun? Like, how can we almost make this a bit lighthearted and not, not take it too seriously? Because that's where I've always got my transformation has been when I've sort of lightened up a bit and kind of made it a bit more enjoyable than it being this process of trying to heal and fix myself.
1: That's a really good point because You know, we can talk about the law of attraction and lightness all day. But if someone's having, say, a really big problem with their husband um, or a needy elderly parent or something Mm -hmm. that's incredibly draining and kind of heartbreaking, they just don't always see their way into something that feels light. So they kind of have to take almost baby steps, you know, and, and some of the time they start to see that other person who's draining them as the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's that perspective of that person just needs love and attention and they're trying to get it from you. Um, yeah. And, and that compassion and like, oh, is that what they're doing? They're not trying to make me miserable. They're not trying to make me work myself to death. They just need love and attention.
0: Yeah. And this is where the power of working with someone comes in, isn't it? Because we don't always yep. see that. We, we go back to our story, to our default setting and, and sometimes we need someone like you've just said to go, mm, what if you could see it in a different way? Mm-hmm. The power, the power of someone else. Um, before we wrap up, cause we've almost come to the end already. I could speak to you for eight, far, more, far more time than what we have. <laughs> However, um, If you think about obviously your journey so far, and you you think about any of the times in your life where maybe you were not um, connected to yourself, where you you were not listening to your intuition, where you were on sort of autopilot and not really being truthful to who you really are. If you Mm -hmm. had any advice for your younger self, what might that be? I always ask my guests this out of curiosity.
1: Probably sit down and just look around. I find that I was trying to move too fast. Um, at one point I had a newborn and I had just um, started a new medical practice and he was like four months old. I don't know if I've ever been that exhausted mentally in every way. Um, it was intense as you probably remember from your newborns. It's, it's the biggest um, lightning bolt of change ever. Oh, yeah. And um, I was trying to just push and I was trying to do things the old way. And when we try to do things the old way, when everything else around us has changed, the suffering is immense. I remember even saying to my parents, we laugh about this now. I was like, well, my life's not going to change that much when I have a baby. And they were like, okay, we'll see how that goes. So here I was trying to live the way I used to, run my practice the way I did before the baby was born. Um, and whatever else I was trying to do the old way. And I needed to just sit down and look around like, this is not the same life. This is not the same me. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, I I can find the way that this will work now. So I'm not suffering and mourning the loss of my old self so much, but rejoicing in my new life, in the changes Mm -hmm. that are coming, in the beauty of new motherhood, in... um, The way that my intuition went through the roof you know just um it was that struggle between the old and the new that created this tug of war where what i said i wanted wasn't how i was trying to live it didn't make any sense
0: i love that i love that kind of um honest conversation actually about the sort of the old and the new because And it doesn't always have to be like a baby that's involved but i can completely relate to that on every single level it's like where's the handbook how am i supposed to look after this thing (laughs) (laughs) when am um, i gonna
1: sleep (laughs) yeah exactly
0: but but yeah sometimes that that does happen doesn't it it's like things change and we change but maybe our environment doesn't or maybe it's the other way around and and when we don't adapt or there isn't some kind of adaptation or or embracing that as a change there is that That fight, isn't there? That struggle. I've never thought about
1: it that way. I had like my two hands on my old life, like a grip. Mm. It was like, I don't, I want it to change, but I don't want to give up all these things. And, you know, it doesn't really work that way. You have to decide what does work and what doesn't work. It's that nostalgia for the old. Even now, when I have, say, a breakthrough session or a new client where we start to lay like a baseline for what they need, they almost always say, I want it to be like it used to be Yes, their marriage, their body, their something they want to go backward. And that's just not why we're here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, on that note, final thing to ask you. Um, and I okay. think I'm going to have you back actually, because I'm really intrigued to know a bit more about sort of shamanic healing and a few other topics, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that later. Um, before we do finish though, Stefania, where can we find you out there on the world wide web? So where's your, uh, where's your stuff, your programs and your offerings?
1: Right on. So, um, Stefania is my website. And one thing that people usually like um, as a little freebie is that I have a a five minute actually five minute um, Energy boost audio. It's like a just a really quick thing to listen to to get your energy kind of brightened up again. Um, I love the the analogy of you got to pour out the old coffee before you freshen up your cup. Uh So it helps you do that with your energy in about five minutes
0: oh and we've all got five minutes if we haven't got five minutes we don't really have a life do we (laughs) exactly being honest so um anybody <laughs> right. that, uh, that's watching this right now on soul fed woman or on youtube stefania's links will be below this video if you're listening on itunes then go and get yourself over to the web address that stefania has just mentioned thank you so much thank for you us
1: over here thank you so podcast.
0: much and yeah let's uh, let's have another chat one day about maybe shamanic healing and a few other bits and pieces sounds great thank you that's so much it. you're welcome take care see you later bye